0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: So i pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two.
0: Roll A, fade up on A.
2: Southern Miss, to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting today from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us, as always, uh, wherever you're tuned in or online, however you check us out. Thanks for doing so each and every day. We appreciate it very, very much. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, well, we talk about it every day on this show, but the food is delicious and fresh every day. You can enjoy it in the dining room here in Hattiesburg through the drive through window, or they'll deliver it right to your house. However you choose it, just be sure that you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Kelly Sanders back. He'll be on the show next segment. Lee Roberts will be joining us later in the program. We're going to start the day off by visiting with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation, and Keith, a couple of questions from me. Uh, we'll get to football in just a second, but we did have uh, Scott Berry on the show yesterday, and uh, uh, ball baseball practice is back, and uh, we were talking to Coach and talking a little bit about it Friday, but, boy, i tell you what, if you're a baseball fan, you've got to be optimistic about this team with all the returning players, some of the new kids coming in. It looks like the Golden Eagle baseball team will be loaded for bear if we get a season off this year.
3: Absolutely, but think about this, because of the rules, the NCAA has made – there's going to be a lot of teams loaded for bear this year. Right. A lot of guys are coming back for an extra year on other teams. This is probably – if you're a college baseball fan, you're probably going to get to see the best college baseball that's ever been played in 2021. Think about it. With all the, the depth and, and the recruiting and guys staying and opting for another year. I believe that this baseball season could be the best baseball people have ever seen in NCAA because of that reason.
2: I agree, and we've just got to hope that uh, we have this virus behind us or at least under better control so we can have a full and a full happy baseball season. I think it would do a lot. Real quickly, uh, all all the kids coming back uh, except for one starter, and uh, that that would be second base. Uh, I guess it's too early to say who the front-runner might be to replace Matthew Guidry, am I right?
3: Yeah, it's way too early. I mean, let's get through fall practice, all the scrimmages, and then I think you'll kind of make a decision. But Scott Berry is going to let it play out. Um, he does a good job. But Just think about all that. You know, when has Southern Miss ever went into a season where they're so loaded that really all they're thinking about is having to replace a second baseman? How insane is that for right. a baseball team?
2: And to have your starting weekend rotation all coming oh, yeah. back. yeah,
3: everybody. That's how. That's how much fun this this season. And boy, after what we've gone through, people want baseball back, and it's going to be a fun season. I can't wait for baseball to get back. Hopefully, things be past as we'll be back to normal. Right. And have fun at the Pete again because there's no place better in the southeast to watch baseball than the Pete.
2: You're right about that. All right, football. Uh, Golden Eagles on the road this weekend at UTEP. uh, For the casual observer that looks at that schedule and says, ah, we beat UTEP every year. Uh, I don't know. I watched them play Louisiana Tech Saturday night. I think they're every bit, if not a a stronger football team, than what I've seen out of the Golden Eagles.
3: Here's what UTEP did great in the offseason. Usually when you get a bunch of JUCO guys, what you want to do is you want to hit on about, 50% of those guys that can play immediately. UTEP hit about 85% of those guys right, and they're playing. Of the number of JUCOs they recruit, 85% of them come in and play immediately, and they've been difference makers. They hit the Texas and California JUCO system extremely hard and have done a wonderful job of bringing in players. And, look, this is a different team than years past. They are solid, solid defensively, Um, offensively. Uh, they're better than they have been in the past. Let's just say that. They're better than they have been in the past. But defensively, this team, is—it's this might be the best defense uh, Southern Miss has played all year besides Tulane. This there you is go. probably going to be the second-best defense they played.
2: It's going to be a challenging uh, game, no question, for the Golden Eagles. All right, Luke, get in here with Heath Hinton.
0: Heath Uteps has uh, has rotated several guys in at the quarterback position. I think that was partly because of injury. Gavin Hardison um, is has has the most stats last week. Uh, saw Lowell Narcisse from Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, in there, but is Hardison injured, or is, do we expect him to start Saturday? Don't
3: know. Have not got a full. Uh, won't know anything about that probably till tomorrow. But I don't want to go in here and say if he's going to start or not, or if he's going to play. Um, but they got the Brown-Holtz kid that's not bad either. So we'll see. Maybe he's injured. Maybe You know, it's kind of like this whole situation with Cope. Nobody knows. So we'll just see what happens. Right. Wait until Wednesday, tomorrow. Maybe Thursday we'll know more about that. But either way, they're going to rely heavily on the run, and then they're going to throw the deep ball. They're going to rely on the run. It's right. a Dan Demo coach team is what it is. And they're not going to change who they are, but because of the way they are defensively, as Law they can make your life miserable, and turnovers can create short fields, and their offense doesn't have to do much. And with their defense, they have one of those defenses where if they score, if they can get seventeen points on you, they can make your life miserable for the whole game. So hmm.
0: on the uh, on the Southern Miss side, uh, some names, some guys back this week. Scotty Walden and Matt Kubik said yesterday, Don Ragsdale will be back after missing the North Texas game. Uh, But that one is great. But hearing that Tim Jones possibly might come back on Saturday against UTEP also.
3: The Tim Jones is huge because of the depth they've created at wide receiver. Now you get Tim Jones back, and him and that relationship that him and Jack already have. And the way we've seen Tim Jones be able to stretch the field, and the things he's a complete wide receiver. You throw him out there with Brownlee, with Robinson, uh, with Hayes, who – is, uh showed some exciting stuff. Brandon Hayes' kid from Oak Grove has showed some exciting stuff. So you get him back in the wide receiver core, and that is a matchup nightmare for any defense in Conference USA. Um, that's where Southern Miss could really take advantage of if they can get one-on-ones out there, and they can take advantage of that situation with their wide receivers with the depth they have. Southern Miss may go a lot of four or five wide receiver sets this weekend. Tim Jones is for sure back.
0: All right, he ate the Gold Eagles. Jack's still back and, and that's I'm sorry, go no, ahead. Go ahead, look. Go ahead. Um also up front, any word about Foxworth? Uh Trace Clopton obviously still out because of his surgery. Uh Louis Paul Smith expected to start. Expected any more shifting on the uh, the offensive line front?
3: I think you saw what you were gonna see at the end of the game. Uh not sure about Sturdivant yet. I've, I've heard different things, but it's kinda hard to get a uh, get a surefire answer, but, uh, I think Sturdivant may be hurt, but he may be back. But I mean, I think you're going to have Dolce and Washington. And remember last game, Washington graded out the best of all offensive, all offensive linemen from Coach Stanchek. Um, I think you're going to have, uh, Louis Paul Smith. Um, of course, uh, you've got the right side that's still there, uh, with Fletcher and, uh, Coker Wright. I think it, that's probably what you're going to see on the offensive line. If comes back, he's going to be in there. But we'll see going forward. But I think the offensive line was such a strong point in North Texas for once. Uh, Southern Miss is kind of, you know, the fans and stuff saw some good things, and they're really not worried about that offensive line right now. Although this is a different defense they're fixing to the play. But the way they play, I mean, think about it. Uh, Louis Paul Smith was playing their best defensive lineman, which was nose guard, head up, heads up and pretty much, can handle them all night so that was a good thing i think the offensive line has got their groove back a little bit i think getting ragsdale back will help i think also d baker if get him back it's going to help because really going into this game they were too deep at running back if they were going to play fau they were too deep that's it and that's a tough situation to be with probably demo being the third string running back so getting all these guys back would be a big deal and a help off his line. one thing I was impressed with, Frank Gore Jr., was his ability to pick up blitz. Look, I don't know if you guys watch that on TV, but he did such yeah, a good, good job in blitz pickup for a freshman. The right. maturity you saw from him.
2: Uh, uh, what's that, is Louie at your house? Is, uh, no, I don't guess that would be Louie. Huh? Uh, okay, uh, about 60 seconds left, so uh, let me ask you this, Heath. Uh, Years past, it would always be North Texas, which would be the toughest Texas team the Golden Eagles face. I don't think that's the case. I don't think North Texas is very good at all. I think this UTEP team is much better.
3: I actually do agree with you on that. I think UTEP is a much football team. I think that they play they play much better defense going forward. I do believe this is probably going to be the Golden Eagles' hardest test year. I think you know well Louisiana Tech. They have Louisiana Tech on the line. But at the time, Louisiana Tech was down a lot of people, too. This might be the best overall team they've faced
1: so far in
2: conference, I say. Right. And then after that, it'll be traveling to Liberty with you-know-who coaching Liberty. And that will be the topic of conversation all next week, right? Hugh Freeze versus Southern Miss with that name floating around each and every day as possibly the next head coach. That's going to be fun to dissect that one, Heath.
3: Let the gossip begin. It's going to be heavy next week. I can promise <laughs> you that. And that's going to
2: be a lot of fun. All right. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big old Nation on the Eagle Hour. Thank you, Heath. He'll be back with us again next week. Kelly Sanders back. We'll have Kelly on the show here in just a few minutes. And we'll be talking to uh, Lee Roberts, color analyst for the Golden Eagle Radio Network, right after this. And then before the show is over, we'll get Luke to confess just how lucky were the New Orleans Saints last night to escape the bolts of Los Angeles. Lots more to talk about. Stay with us. Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation joining us in the opening segment of the show. Always appreciate his input. This portion of the show, sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, great selection of Southern Miss apparel for your house, for your car, for your body. You can shop down there six days a week. They're now open again, of course, across from the Southern Miss campus on Hardy Street, or you can go online to CampusBookmart.net net. However you choose, just be sure you get your apparel from Campus Bookmark. All right, Kelly Sanders back with us today. Kelly, Jay, uh, you're always full of news. Unfortunately, part of that is more cancellations. Uh, what do you got?
1: Yeah, COVID continues to rear its uh, ugly head. Cancellations from uh, some of the big conferences, including the SEC where Vanderbilt and Missouri have scratched this uh, game this coming weekend because of COVID. Of course, the joke, running joke is it might be best thing to hit vanderbilt in a while um that is a joke obviously but Vanderbilt's struggling uh this year so vanderbilt and missouri are, are off this weekend in the big 12 conference baylor and oklahoma state have called off their game that game had uh, significant implications in the standings oklahoma state tied for first place with kansas state and iowa state that's usually the way the big 12 looks in football isn't it oklahoma yeah. state kansas state and Iowa State, and incidentally, Oklahoma State plays Iowa State a week from Saturday. So we'll see how the Cowboys' situation works out, but they will not play Baylor this weekend. And in the Mississippi Association of Community College Conference, Gulf Coast and co two of the powers in the South Division, that game has been canceled at uh, Gulf Coast this weekend because of COVID. Uh, homecoming activities on the campus there in Perkinston will proceed, but the football game between Gulf Coast and co has been canceled. The National Football League will begin letting fans back in the stadiums this weekend. The Eagles and Ravens are expected to allow 7,500 fans to get back in the stadiums. It's a start. It's not much, but it is a start. In baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays have a two-game-to-none lead in the American League Championship Series against the Houston Astros, and Ryan Yarborough will start. He'll be on the mound tonight for the Rays in Game 3. The significance of that is Ryan Yarborough went to Old Dominion University. Of course, uh, Old Dominion, a Conference USA member. And Old Dominion used to cranking out pretty good pitchers. There's a guy named Justin Verlander that also pitched at Old Dominion. And the biggest headline, you guys, just released by the Conference USA a couple of hours ago, is that conference officials have voted to approve the two-by-one basketball schedule for this coming season. Citing cutting down on travel expenses and uh, time time away from campuses and so on, the two-by-one schedule will go into effect, and the way that works is the road team will come into whatever particular city for a Thursday night game, will stay in that city and play another Saturday afternoon game. So you'll get two for one during that week, and all of the two-by-one games will be a Thursday-Saturday combination. Again, Conference USA has approved two-by-one basketball schedule Two games with the same team in a three-day period.
2: Uh, that's, so that's, we understand that's why the schedules have not been released. They're a little later uh, than normal, but I, I gather, Kelly, they're trying to work that out. And speaking of basketball, uh, we've got some news here to let people know about. I think some will find interesting. Luke, uh, tell tell the folks what you got.
0: Yeah, Heath Hinton, uh, who we just had previous segment, is now reporting. Uh, Kelly, this is a pretty cool news on the basketball front, that former Mississippi State head coach, uh, Richard Williams will later uh, this week be named an assistant basketball coach uh, at Southern Miss. Uh, that is a wealth of experience. Of course, he's the, uh, the coach that took the Bulldogs to the Final Four in 1996. Uh, Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation reporting. Richard Williams will uh, become a, an assistant basketball coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Kelly, that, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: Boy, and a lot of – uh, and you know, talk about the, the additions to the football staff. You're getting a lot of years of experience. Uh, that are going to be wearing you know black and gold on the sideline or or by the court, but but I, I kind of you know we we've, we've criticized conference different different things, but look you, you can't say that they're not willing to to think outside the box. You remember the the pod system in basketball, um, the last you know year that they tried with the lower seeds playing the you know the lower seeds twice and the trying to strengthen the RPIs for the teams that are up at the top of the standings. Well. You know, they tried it. wasn't particularly successful, nor was it very popular. It's tough to sell season tickets when you can't even, you know, put out a schedule knowing who you're going to play. And now this two by one, which they're the first. Co- other t- other conferences are toying with it. The Conference USA is actually the first one to come out with it. And again, um, sometimes when you don't have a lot of money, you got to you do have to think outside the box as to what you can do to kind of cut down on costs. And and the only other thing that I would add to it. Is they should make it women's and men's double headers.
2: A hundred percent, right?
1: Yeah, so that the women and men are traveling together to these places and not going opposite directions. Um, and a lot of you know a lot of schools in other divisions of college basketball, the NAIA I know does it, uh, Juco's do it, to where the women play the first game at five thirty and the men's game follows at seven thirty, and you know you get a lot of bang for your buck that way too as a ticket, uh, or a season ticket holder, two games for the price of one. So I think it makes a lot of sense. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it works out this coming this coming season.
0: Luke, I just yeah just back to the uh, the, the breaking news on the assistant front. Richard Williams is a guy um, that took three teams to the NCAA tournament two times at Mississippi State. He went to the NIT, uh, went to the Sweet Sixteen, and uh, twice, and then went to the Final Four in
1: ninety five and ninety six. And, and he's and he's coached in Conference USA too, hadn't he? He's been what Western Kentucky, didn't he coach? At he, was,
0: 2008, 2009, he was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He was he was with UAB, and then two thousand nine he was also with Louisiana Tech. Most recently, from twenty ten okay. to twenty fourteen, he was an assistant at Arkansas State. Uh, but he's in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. I think people don't realize that that he's already there. He got inducted in in twenty fourteen. But uh, I think it speaks to the fact that um, that Jay Ladner wants uh, just how badly he is committed to turn this thing around. And I think it, you bring in a name like him, it, it, is, uh, such, it will resonate with, with a lot of people. I think we will resonate with the fan base. And you mark that with the, the improvements to Reed Green Coliseum. I think a lot of people are excited about basketball. And you don't get excited much about a team that only won nine wins. But he did it with the recruiting class, and he's done it with – uh, you know with the way that he is with people, and now you know apparently going to bring in um, uh, a coach that that took a team to the Final Four as an assistant. You can compare that. You bring him in with Coach Ron and Spoon and some of those other guys. I mean, there's there is a case that they could turn it around a lot sooner than later in Reed Green.
1: And you've got and and really something else that we don't talk a whole lot about when it comes to basketball is the feeder programs of so the MACCC. You got Chris Oney down there at Pearl River, whose team was number one in the country last year. I think he went 28-0. Didn't get to play in a postseason tournament because it was canceled because of COVID. Jones, you know, when Jay Ladner was at Jones, they won a national championship. Jones has been pretty good you ever since then. Uh, you've got James Green, who was the former head basketball coach at Southern Miss, who's the head coach at Meridian Community College. And then you got Donnie Tyndall, who's the new head basketball coach at Chipola Junior College in the panhandle of Florida, right there at Pensacola. So you've got a lot of basketball, you know, a lot of basketball knowledge and some guys with some real steep basketball acumen right here within a stone's throw and certainly could uh, could help the Eagles as they continue to get this thing turned around.
2: And it's a Pearl River kid that uh, we're looking for big things out of this year, Kelly.
1: Yeah, Tay Hardy, who's, uh, who is going to be the, the point guard. The thing you like about uh, Tay Hardy, too, and Lots of times athletes don't really get the credit they deserve necessarily off the court, but Tay Hardy is a a 4.0 student in computer engineering. So um, he can certainly navigate a floor pretty well, but he he navigates the classroom pretty well too, and I think those are the type of guys that that, uh, Jay Ladner and Spoon and the rest of them are looking for. An
2: extremely high-quality kid. Uh, You arranged for him to come on this show uh, last year, and, and I think we were all really impressed with the kid.
1: And when you look at that, that Pearl River program in particular, I mean, they haven't even played a game yet this year. In fact, the MACCC won't start their basketball games until after the first of uh, 2021. And I think we can all say all together now, man, we can't wait for 2021 to get here. Hopefully it'll be, anything will be better than 2020. But already that Pearl River team next year has, you know, they've got kids from all over you know the country, you know, St. John's and Boston College and, and other places that I mean, really putting together quite quite a string of uh, of great athletes there at Pearl River, no. which could could feed up, you know, Southern Miss.
2: All right, only about a minute left. I want to get your input on this before we let you go. I, I'm trying really hard to sit down and enjoy some NFL football games. I'm glad to hear about them bringing the fans back because the game last night is an example. And every game I watch, Kelly, I realize they're piping crowd noise in and what have you, but. There's just something huge missing, and when you see these big empty stadiums, it's just an—it's so odd for me personally that I don't much enjoy watching the games. Your 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 thoughts about that?
1: Oh yeah, and you don't realize what, how important fans are until they're not there, right? right? And right. and the audio guys as good a job as they're doing, Bob. If you'll listen, you have to listen real carefully because the audio guys are making some mistakes. I mean, in that Saints game last night, it was a great game, by the way. Glad that the Saints could pull it out. But, uh, but some of the audio, you'd hear some of the fans saying, that bitch was outside. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but you're, you're the same way, right? It, it, it's just there's something different about it, and it's a little unsettling.
1: It's, it's as much it's, – it's, baseball is, is our nation's pastime, but football is getting to be uh, as big a part of Americana as anything else. And, and we need to be there as fans to cheer on our team, good, bad, or indifferent.
2: All right, you going to come back to the last segment? Sure. All right, more from Kelly Sander a little later in the show. Lee Roberts up next. Lots of Eagle hours still to go. Stay with us. Miss
0: to the top. Back on a Tuesday. Thank you for being with us on the Eagle Hour third segment brought to you by Four Street Barn Grill located on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg. Always something going on. Good football on uh, the TVs, pool tables. Eight ninety five lunch every single day, and you can find all that at Four Street Barn Grill on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Also tell you about D-Bat and D-1 training, a, a softball and baseball academy located on Hardy Street, Highway 98 in the old Gaddy Town building. It's on the left, great instructors, all kinds of uh, great ways to, to coach up your kids in softball and baseball on the other side. D1 Training, a 70-yard indoor turf uh, facility and a weight training facility to get you into the best shape of your life. DBAT and D1 Training on board with us at the Eagle Hour, and uh, go check them out also. Appreciate their support. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss quarterback, now the color analyst for the football broadcast team, joins us as he does every Tuesday. And, Lee, uh, two two new coaches on the uh, football staff, Rick Menner and, and Scott Highsmith. And we were joking off air, uh, you you whipped Coach Mentor pretty good uh, in, the, in the late 90s. I got him a couple times in the 2000s. But pretty cool to have somebody with his expertise and experience on the Southern Miss coaching staff as a defensive mm-hmm. analyst now.
4: You know, it is. And, you know, obviously when Coach Walden got the head uh, interim job, he was able to promote uh, Brandon Butcher to assistant defensive backs coach and uh, Peanut Baldwin to wide receivers coach. So opened up. Two opportunities, and anytime you uh, have an opening, you want to fill it, especially in, in, uh, on a football staff. And, and I think we got real, two really good ones. And, and you're right, Luke. Uh, coach Minner, longtime head coach at Cincinnati, was uh, you know back in the original Conference USA days. And you know, it's kind of interesting. I ran into him yesterday and you know introduced myself, but didn't really uh, didn't really tell him a whole lot more. So uh, <laughs> I, I'll get a chance down the road to carry on a little bit more conversation with Coach Minner. So I uh, look forward to that for sure.
0: Let him, let him know. Just let him know how good those Lee Roberts offenses were. Just remind him about Sherrod Gideon and Pink and, and everybody. Just remind him about Adelius and Sertain and. Just uh, I'm sure you'll have time on, on the flight uh, this weekend to to do all that. You uh, you will be on a flight uh, Friday along with Coach menner and Coach Walden and everybody else uh, going out to take on UTEP. UTEP is a team, we talked about it earlier today with Heath Hinton. Uh, man, they have uh, really had a lot of JUCO players that they have plugged in immediately. Eight of their 11 starters on defense are, are JUCO guys. Th- this is probably the best defense that Southern Miss has faced so far this year.
4: Yeah, I think Coach Demel has done a tremendous job. And, and obviously when you have a void, you know, on your team, you want to immediately try to fill it with JUCO guys. And that's exactly what he did. And, uh, he, he's brought in some talented guys and it's, it's a team that's going to give us fits up front. We got to have a great game offensively on the offensive line and, you know, coming off a great game against North Texas, give those guys some confidence. Cause I know the defensive front for UTEP is actually going to be pretty better. I mean, they're better than what we saw at North Texas. So I know uh, these guys got a little extra practice time. They were able to start breaking down UTEP, obviously, once they uh, announced last Friday that we weren't going to play. So hopefully those two extra days of preparation will help us out as well.
2: All right, Lee, I'm going to ask you a question about the game, and then I want you to reminisce a little bit with us. But uh, first, the game. Uh, put us in the mind of the players who practiced last week, got ready to play Florida Atlantic, big challenging game only to have it canceled, and now how hard is it to reset your mind and your body to get ready to go this week after all last week right up until the day before the game when you get canceled?
4: You know, I'd say the biggest thing was, you know, our performance at home hasn't been good. And, you know, we left 0-3 at home to go out to North Texas and finally win a game on the road. And so I think these guys were looking forward to coming back to our home crowd, bringing some momentum back to the Rock and uh you know pretty deflating knowing that you've put in a full week of preparation uh, and I kind of joked with Jeremy McLean yesterday I said you know all the work that you put in looking at the weather and then it was actually COVID-19 that kind of put the game on halt and um you know it's just kind of the the era that we are in right now and unfortunately it it happened and you know the plus side is kind of like I said we were able to get two extra days in preparation for UTEP but you know, it it is deflating. And I think coach Scotty Walden wanted to do something special for his guys. And he actually brought them in and told them they were going to work out and lift and um, watch some film. And then he got them in the team meeting room and said, all right, we're not doing those things. We're going to do something else, which was, uh, which was pretty neat and unique for, uh, for him to, you know, take his team to do something that, you know, a lot of those guys may not have had a chance to do. And that's uh, go to an escape room. And it, it made them, it made them work together, which was, which was really cool. You know, they're, their little slogan is is unity, and uh, that made them work together and, and do what they needed to. So, you know, kind of back to your, uh, back to your question, it, it was definitely the flooding, I'm sure, but the coaching staff tried to make the most of it, for sure.
2: All right, so the former Cincinnati guy comes on the staff. I want, I want you to go back, Lee Roberts, to your days of uh, playing Conference USA football. Kind of put in perspective how challenging it was to go on the road and win games in Conference USA, and when you look back, against playing teams like Cincinnati and Louisville and Tulane and Memphis, what were the teams that you got the most excited about playing?
4: You know, one was East Carolina my first year. I mean, that was that was a chance for me to finally get my start. My first start was on the SPN 2 against East Carolina on a Thursday night. You know, so that kind of always was a special game. Had to go back-to-back in 96 and 97 and finally was able to uh, – Tee up against them at home in '98, but you know, I think I think all those schools. I mean, obviously, Tulane because of the closeness. Uh, I think Louisville just because they always produce big time players. Um, Houston, um, you know, losing there in '96 and then being able to come back and and accept the Liberty Bowl bid in '97 after beating Houston at home was was very special as well. So a lot of memories against the you know the old traditional conference USA teams and. Uh, it's something i'll always better cherish for sure
2: was the 96 game was that not the um, was that the overtime game out in Houston uh, that we lost uh, in a couple overtimes to them
4: it it was it was uh you know antoine smith was their running back who went on to have a uh, nfl career he had a big day you know obviously you know we had a pretty big day offensively as well mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was it was an overtime loss of basically just inches and uh right you, know, you just right. you talk about kind of like that La Tech game, you know, how we lost a matter of just inches in the back of that end zone. But, hey, they came away with the, with the victory, and uh, credit to them for sure.
2: Yeah, I remember that game I took my son out there. He was pretty he was pretty young back in those days, and he just he just couldn't get it in his head that we had lost. He was so used to seeing us win almost every conference game. It, it took him a while to uh, swallow that one. And what about Memphis? You know, that used to be known as the black and blue game. Um, w- was that as rugged a game as the image of it was?
4: You know, it it was. I mean, it was always, and it, and it typically was our last game of the year as, as those rival games were. And it, it was. I mean, it was, it, again, it was an era where we pretty much dominated Memphis, but you left there remembering that game for sure. I mean, you remember every play. You remember every hit. Uh, you were sore on on Sunday mornings because they, they came to play and they were very physical, you know, just as we were. And uh, I think the name speaks for itself, black and blue uh, game there against the Tigers. But, uh Fun, fun years again, as well, and you know, going back to '97, we were able to beat them uh, at at their place in '97. Then, obviously, go to the Liberty Bowl. So, finish in '97, two great wins uh, in the Liberty Bowl. There was uh, was pretty special.
2: Well, I know the Louisville series was always really special. I actually, uh, when I was uh, in TV, I actually at the end of a Louisville game, uh, by mistake, got caught up between the two teams when a fight broke out after the game at the Rock. I I learned that's not where you want to be with a video camera on your shoulder is when two football teams are fighting with each other. But uh, that was always a really super rivalry, too, wasn't it?
4: You know, it was. And uh, like I said, they, they produced some big-time players. And, you know, again, I'm thinking back to, you know, my time at Southern Medicine in inside the conference, um, you know, the conference lost to, to Houston in 96, and then the conference lost to Tulane in 98. You know, outside of that, we pretty much dominated all the other conference teams while I was there. And uh, again, thinking back, you know, just some fun, fun times. But Louisville was indeed a very, very tough opponent at home as well as on the
2: road when we faced them. Well, you remember they used to call it Conference USM, and there was uh, a <laughs> there was a reason for that, Lee, because you guys uh, certainly did. Uh, you certainly did dominate conference play. All right, Luke, fifty seconds left. Uh, fire one
0: more away at, at our buddy here. Lee, two biggest things Southern Miss has to do this weekend on the road to beat UTEP for you?
4: You know, one, I think, uh, once again, dominate up front on both sides of the football. And, you know, obviously every time on the road you want to protect the football. So I think those, those are two things the Golden Eagles have done. I mean, they've, they've done a pretty good job so far. I think they're in a plus three uh, in the turnover margins. They've done pretty good protecting the ball and getting some back, And I think they need to do it again uh, this weekend. So I think the turnovers are going to be huge.
2: And the Mexican food's pretty good out there too, isn't it, Lee?
4: You know it is, and uh, once once again, <laughs> I think it's going to be those times uh, we're going to be stuck inside the hotel just because of the per se bubble. Uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll cater some in for us. That that would be
2: nice. Well, that'll be good. Uh, safe travels to you. We uh, look forward to watching the game. Should point out on ESPN two Lee big platform Saturday night for the Golden Eagles, right?
4: Absolutely, guys. Have a chance uh, on national television to try to get something done. So hopefully we can. It'll be a a big road contest again.
2: Looking forward to talking to you next week. Lee Roberts, everybody. Color analyst for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles and former great conference championship quarterback as well. All right, one more segment. This edition of the Eagle Hour, we will bring Kelly back and wrap things up right after this. To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Always thankful to talk to Lee Roberts on his Tuesday slot with the Eagle Hour. Thank you for listening today for a segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Go on their website, pick you out uh, some cars to go check out. New, pre-owned, certified, all of those you can find on ToyotaHattiesburg.com. You can secure financing, value your trade-in, and then go see them on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and do a test drive and let them help you with your next vehicle purchase. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Downtown Laurel. Lots of tourists in Downtown Laurel today. And, you know, it's gonna, this is the last day, I think, in the 80s for, uh, for possibly the rest of the year. It's gonna be really cool. Friday night, I'm, I'm thankful for that football, and we got more football tonight. Uh, but last night with with the Saints, um, yeah, just it's a win. Uh, I, I posted uh, a GIF of uh, of Lucy, uh, old school. I love Lucy, just exhaling after that one. I guess Kelly Sander uh, joins us again. Kelly, that was just a sigh of relief. From everybody in Houdat Nation, even uh, bandwagon, halfway bandwagon people like Bob Getty. Just thankful that you won that one. And, Kelly, Bob and I were talking about just you know, I, I, in the NFL, you're eventually going to have to start letting fans back in. It is, what did you say, Bob? What was it like watching? It's like watching them play on the surface
2: of the moon. I mean, it's just it's just <laughs> weird. It's just uncomfortable. I don't like it.
1: Well, under the circumstances, I mean, it's 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 either that or or nothing, and I, I'm I'm just glad that some of these breakouts like the Titans and Patriots have had, you know, seem to be contained, and uh, and we'll get a majority of the football season in. We hope, you know, at this point that that's the way that's the way it, it's looking. But you know, Dak Prescott, of course, of course former Mississippi State standout who had one of those gruesome ankle injuries uh, that everybody saw on TV Sunday. And and Andy Dalton, you know, everybody talks about Dak, and, of course, he's he's great. But Andy Dalton was a starting quarterback in the NFL for, what, nine years with the Bengals? Led him to the playoffs five years. Never never got a playoff win. But the ego of a lesser man, you know, would not take a backup role, you know, um, on a lot of football teams. But Andy Dalton quietly, you know, signed that contract to be Dak's backup. And now, and, and the pass that he threw, you know, to – to enable the the Cowboys to be set up for that winning score um, on Sunday. I mean no no regular backup quarterback is going to be able to make that kind of throw. And and the fact that Andy Dalton did it, I just I'm just happy for Andy Dalton, you know.
2: Well, let me tell you um, the Cowboys are happy they have Andy Dalton. Of that you can be
0: 100% sure.
1: Yeah, because again, I mean you you're getting the experience of a 9-year starter in in no the question. NFL. Um, and and to to and that's why he's that's why he's there. You know, you don't want anything to happen to Dak Prescott, but so many injuries this year. And I think a lot is a lot of it probably has to do with some of the artificial surfaces. You know, it's been data has proven over time that grass surfaces are safer for for the joints and knees and you know ankles, all that sort of thing. But from an economic standpoint, they're just more expensive to maintain. So. Um, but man, it just seems this should has been an exorbitant amount of injuries, and the resurgence of the tight end position. You know, there've been years when you never heard of a tight end catching a pass, and now a lot of times they're the time leading receivers and getting big contracts. You know, on their teams. On our conference USA games uh, last week, you guys, um, Middle Tennessee let down you and me, Bob, uh, but the the Blue Raiders did. Get a victory for
2: Luke, Luke Luke's there. claiming he picked that one. I'm gonna to have to go back to the tape on that one, Kelly. Yeah,
0: I, I think so too. Because I I, 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 I thought, thought I, all... d- I thought I did. Now, to be fair, I did. I usually pick Middle Tennessee. I, I picked them. I know why to upset, <laughs> and it may. Have, I don't know. I mean, I just I was like, this is an upset special, and I it, it may have been wrong. I may have been on a remote two weeks ago, but yeah, go back and yeah, check. that We're we'll gonna check
2: the tape on that one.
1: But that was the only one that was the only one that we lost uh, last weekend. So we've been, been right so far. I, I still think your your biggest surprises have to be, you know, UTSA and, and now UTEP is emerging as a story out of the West, although Rice is undefeated.
0: I, <laughs> yes, I they thought, are, I thought Bob yeah. I thought Bob picked the open date against Southern Miss. I really thought he took the open date.
2: I think I did. If, I, I think I checked the tape on that. I think I had open date plus three.
1: Well, uh, yeah. open open date after the first week against uh, South Alabama, open date probably would have been a favorite against uh, against Southern Miss. I but
2: can't you, believe yeah. Southern Miss Kelly is a favorite over UTEP. I'm just speaking honestly. It just seems yeah, hard yeah, to I believe,
1: um, and, I, and I think they probably got that nod because of past histories with UTEP, the way that they've right. owed UTEP, and um, and they they did Southern Miss did beat North Texas. In Denton, so everybody Everybody's
2: got to gonna beat North Texas. Kelly, no,
1: I hear you, I, I hear you, but I think because it was on the road, they're maybe getting some credence for that. But yeah, Southern is a three and a half point favorite um, at UTEP, which which is a little surprising to me. But um, let's hope that let's hope that yeah. happens. Of course, and that's what a six thirty start. You guys, our time.
0: ESPN two, bro. Kick ESPN two, and uh, just getting word, we will have uh, the play by play voice for the UTEP Miners tomorrow and. I guess we can ask about the dominant uh, dominance in social media also.
1: Yes. Yeah, they are, they are number one. But yeah. but are we very quickly as we're right now? though, Marshall probably the best in the league. Marshall, no,
2: I UAB. think so. Yes. Marshall, UAB, right? Also yeah. on the show tomorrow, Russ Anderson, associate commissioner of conference USA, great friend of the Eagle Hour. So a great show uh, coming up tomorrow. Kelly will be with us as well. Until then, one o'clock tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top.
0: Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I
3: want to fly like an eagle to the sea. I want to fly like an eagle, let
2: my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free.